Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, what's happening today? Nothing. Just uh, excited to be here, excited for our conversation. We get to an interview today. Who did we interview? And without giving away too much, what are we getting into? Jared Hall, former roommate of ours, um, teammate at Bethel. He, we, we talk about how they're starting a business, him and his wife and a, another family, and just what it means to step out and take a risk and to, to take that next step in your life. We, we look at some, how some of his experiences at Bethel shaped that process and then how community is there to support him through it. And, um, I think it's just stuff that we can apply to any area of our life. It doesn't have to be starting a business. It's whenever we're taking a risk. So, um, pretty cool conversation. Certainly some good stuff in there. We hope you enjoy it. We'll catch you on the other side. Jared Hall, everyone. Jared, um, maybe tell us a little bit about where you're at what you have going on right now. And I know you got a few irons in the fire, so. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having me guys. It's a blessing to be able to connect with both of you after, uh, yeah, a few years spent together playing at Bethel and yeah, moving to the other side of the country, but it's always great to reconnect. So yeah, I, like John said, I went to Bethel, lived with him for a, a couple of years. I graduated in 07 and I moved straight out to, to Orange County. I joined a staff with the fellowship of Christian athletes right when I moved out here. You know, for those of you guys that don't know about FCA, it's a ministry organization that's geared towards athletes and coaches, just teaching them how to use their platform well to live for Jesus and to impact the communities around them. And so uh, growing up as an athlete, my grandfather was a big time high school football coach. Um, one of those guys that had the stadium named after him, coached a number of pro players. Uh, he had a huge impact in my life. He passed away in 2003. And when it came time to look for jobs out in California, I, I thought I was going to go into some sort of sales and uh, two days before I flew out for an interview, there was an article hanging from my dorm room from the FCA magazine that was about my grandfather. And I feel like the Lord just kind of got a hold of my heart. And so I literally Googled FCA Orange County and somebody's name came up and I just shot him an email. And I ended up interviewing with them first and just felt like it was a calling. So I joined staff in 07 and that's what I've been doing pretty much ever since. But through that, that kind of opened up different doors. I coached high school football for seven years. And through that started a, a, a little business called Next Level Quarterback Training. You know, I come from a, a you know, historic family line of coaches with my grandpa, my uncle, my dad played. And um, obviously that's a huge passion is working with athletes. So hey, don't sell yourself short. You were a heck of an athlete yourself. Yeah, we don't need to get into details. Don't pull up my stats. That's what I'll say. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think Beth had a lot to do with that. That was a humbling experience. You know, I, I served as a backup for my career, a lot of it to my roommate at the time, which was humbling, but I don't think I would have probably joined staff with FCA or done coaching ahead and I had those experiences. So yeah, so, you know, coach quarterbacks on a regular basis, kind of one-on-one -on -one training, um, run some camps throughout the year. I've kind of established myself in the Orange County area just through FCA, getting to know a ton of coaches. And then through, uh, just through different passions of fitness and getting to know some different guys, my wife and I, along with another couple, that we got close with ended up purchasing a gym about two years ago called Burn Boot Camp. You know, you mentioned being a, a backup quarterback. You weren't a backup quarterback your whole life. A similar process that I went through where it was, you know, I was a multi-sport athlete in high school. I get to the college level and all of a sudden, you know, the competition is, is much higher. And 
being competitive and knowing that you and I had many go rounds in the dorm room, whether it be video games or any other random competitions we could come up with. How did you handle kind of that adjustment going from being the starting quarterback to all of a sudden now a backup? And then the second question is, how does that translate to your life now, those skills that you learned? Yeah, I don't think I was the same guy coming into college as the guy that I left. You know, I think uh, when you when you have a lot of success in high school and you're recruited by a few schools and you kind of only see yourself, but you don't really see the competition. You kind of think you're the man and whatever. So I was definitely humbled. There's no doubt. There was, there was definitely some, some frustration at times. You know, we all feel like we could do a job and, and do it well. I think what allowed me just to, to be, you know, add value and to, and to still be a leader on the team was to just accept the role that was given to me. And I think, a conversation with that with my dad that I had maybe after one of those games, probably my sophomore year, is uh, is either you know you just accept it or you just got to either transfer or you got to quit. I think as I digested some of those words, I knew if I quit, I'd I'd be a quitter. I mean, at the end of the day, like that that would be it. I think my manhood was kind of te- tested, and I did think about myself ten years from now of just would I always be a quitter. I think transferring, especially at a small school level, is just not worth it with the experience and the education that I was getting at Buffalo, just the friendships that were made. And so I just decided to dive all in and, and, and kind of lead in a different way. And, you know, not to toot horns, one of my best friends is, is Matt Barkley out here. Similar situation, just at a much, much higher level. Um, you know, four-year starter at SC, projected to go to the first round, gets hurt. He's now a backup for the Buffalo Bills, the Josh Allen. And him and I have talk, kind of talked about this, of just like the, the, the impact that he has on Josh will never get talked about. And I think that's the kind of the mindset I had with, with, with Wetzel, uh, the guy that I was backing up, is just the impact that I could have on him. Um, but just the time that I could spend with him, helping him game plan and, and just be there as a friend will, will never, ever be talked about amongst the crowds and will never be revealed in a record book. But the experience that I had – and being able to do that really helped me develop into the person that I am today. And then it just gave me a really a strong develop um, or a strong desire to coach. You know, seeing drills that we did at Bethel and being able to, like, help guys out and, and speak into some of that. And especially my senior year, you know, I had a, a, a really crappy lower back injury early on, so I missed off camp. And so I was able to just hang alongside the, the quarterback coach and the old coordinator. And so just kind of seeing the way that they were doing things I've kind of used this, some of that and what I'm doing today. And I, I think if I would have been the person of starting every game, I don't think I would have uh, been where I'm at today. Not to say better or worse, but it's just the way it is. So I love what you said there. The different levels don't necessarily change the process, right? We, sometimes we have to experience things that are difficult to change us. Jared, can you clarify what accepting your role meant yeah, I think in the in the sports world, um, there's a starter and there's a backup. And no matter how hard you compete, the coaches may always look at you as a backup. In my situation, that's what it was. But I was I was still going to compete. I was still going to push the other guys around me every day. Um, I was still going to have the right attitude. And when I had a better practice than him, I still had to have the attitude that I'm, I'm still the backup and I and I need to support the starter as best I can. I do think that we live in a society nowadays where kids just transfer or they quit if they're not getting the right playing time. Some of that stuff is justifiable, but in a, in a culture that always needs second place trophies, 
it's, it's just kind of a, I think it's just not the right mentality. I think that in the sport of football or any other sport, there are different roles on the team and not everybody can be the starter. Um, and so once you kind of get that in your head of like, Hey, my role on this team is to, is to back the person up and to, and to love them well, but I still need to compete my butt off because it's just going to make them better. So what would you say, I mean, what would you say to the kid? And maybe you've had this with working with a quarterback where it's like, I'm going to be the backup. Why is it worth it for me? Why do I stick it out? Yeah, I, I, would, I would tell my story. I, I would say you stick it out because you signed up for it. Because it's the right, it's the right thing to do. You don't, you don't go back on your commitment. I kind of look at it as like, you know, I mean, all of us are married or whatever, but it, you, marry, you marry a girl and you can't, you can't just quit just because things get hard or it wasn't what you expect. I think you got to work through some of that. I think it's going to make you a better man in the long run. I certainly think it's important to meet kids where they're at. Some of the stuff, like I said, when kids transfer is, is probably a little bit more justifiable. But if it's just underneath the lines of like, hey, I'm not the starter, then I think the conversation needs to be, well, what's going on deeper? You know, like, are you, are you always a quitter? Like, are you just about yourself? Are you a team guy? You know, a lot of times when, when kids quit or transfer, it's me, me, me. And that's not sports. It's, it's, a, it's a team game. You know, everybody's got everybody's to play their part. I think there's some awesome stuff in there. Like, I just think that so much of our society is driven towards, like, I want a scholarship. I want to be recognized. I want to be seen. And you're saying in some ways, like leadership is getting small and lifting other people up. You know, that's a thing we heard all the time at Bethel's. How can I still play a role even though I'm not being seen? And honestly, it's, doing some of the stuff you're talking about. It's showing up and competing and doing it because then that guy knows, Hey, if I'm not doing my job, he's, he's there and he's going to take my job from me. And, and I just, I think there's tremendous challenge to young people in this place where it's like, can we reshape? Can we reframe the way that we think about what is performance? What does it mean to perform? And most of us think it's Saturdays, you know, as a college football player, it's going out there on Saturdays and, um, and in reality, it, it's Monday through Saturday, it's Monday through Sunday. And, um, if you have a kid out there or a person in a business, I'm not getting my just due. What, is, what is some advice in the day to day? Yeah, I think what I kind of share when I, when we first started talking just about, you gotta, you gotta enjoy the process. You gotta enjoy the grind. It can't just be about the big day that's coming up. Um, if you don't, I mean, as a football guy, you know, thinking back to Bethel, it's like, if you don't prepare well, somebody gets hurt, you get a chance to play and you're pouting all week about reps or, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, you threw a bad ball and that just gave you another reason to, you know, just doubt yourself. I just think that's, that's just not the right, the right attitude. And that's, I think it needs to first start with attitude. I think you need to, you need to be present. Um, you gotta have the right attitude. You gotta be present. You gotta prepare well. I think like taking that into the business realm, I think that's what I love about sports is that you can relate this stuff to anything that you're doing. And so with, with, with the burn, you know, deal, it's like, yeah, we have these classes, but if we're not doing our part and putting out a good product and meeting with people and, and coaching them up, then the, the big show, the, the class, when we have 30 plus people in there, they're not going to be happy. And it's really going to, it's really not going to be a good showing because we didn't prepare well. With FCA, it's like you're giving a message at a school in front of a few hundred kids. And, and if you're not preparing that message and spending time with the Lord and asking for wisdom and, 
you know, rehearsing that a little bit and you just decide to wing it. It's like, man, I just feel like I'm doing a disservice to, to all the kids that I would just got asked to speak in front of. Um, so I think, you know, as an athlete, having been a backup, um, I'm grateful for that. It's, it's weird to say that 13 years later because it is humbling, especially, I mean, you guys, man, it's crazy out here in the Mecca of Orange County. I mean, I, I, mean, I do work in modern day high school. Uh, they've been number one in the country in football for the last two or three years. And these guys could beat Bethel, frankly. You know, their whole starting 11, all of them got offers somewhere. Quarterback this past year is going to Alabama. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And to ha still have influence as a small school backup just goes to show you that if you just stick things out and try to do things the right way, um, your impact will, will last. So I'm grateful for that role. I think uh, by me embracing it, uh, my junior and senior year especially, um, it just allowed me to, to have a voice not only on the team, but, but now 13 years later still being able to use some of those relatable struggles to, to what I'm doing now. We talk about how life is super connected and how different pieces of this work together towards creating our ultimate outcomes. Like what ways do you see all of those pieces, you know, maybe even being a father, being a husband, you know, being a friend, working in FCA, doing a gym, doing individual one-on-one -on -one training, like how do you benefit from all of those things going on in the individual areas? Yeah. I mean, I think when I look at uh, the way that I feel like God has gifted me, I, I think my, the prayer at a young age has always been to make an impact. Like I think I'm a big people person. I, I try to love everybody the same. And, and if it fits in within the, the passion of, you know, sports and fitness, um, I think I really excel at that. And now being a dad, like you said, I've got, I've got two little kids. I've learned a lot throughout the past four years of really what's important and how to manage all that. Um, my wife is an incredible you know, partner in those areas. I mean, owning, owning a business together, you got to be decent at communication. Um, but to have somebody in my life as, a, as, a, you know, as my wife that has a lot of those same passions of just loving people and kind of meeting people where they're at, I just think doors open if you, if you do things like that. And, and the Lord will, will bless those areas. And just surrounding yourself with good people. You know, I think who you hang out with is ultimately who you become. And I think that was one of my big fears moving out here from across the country, just because I came from such a, a unique and special culture at Bethel um, of just being around some really godly guys and guys that really pushed me in the right direction. And I found that early on out here. And had I not found that um, just through FCA and different communities, um, I don't know if I would have, I would have lasted and I probably would have done something more in the corporate world. So, um, so yeah, it's been fun to, to see those gifts kind of come to, you know, full circle after many years of, of striving to be somebody. So, yeah. We talk a lot about taking steps toward our goals and, you know, uh, working through a process to get to where you want to go. But how did you take that step to open a business and, and trust that that was the right thing for you guys to do? When I think about the journey to that point, it's always been a passion of ours to, to own something like that, a fitness sort of studio or do some training. I felt like with the quarterback business, was it a, was it a gym more geared towards athletes? And I think how all this came about, um, Burn Bootcamp is a franchise model based out of North Carolina. It's a women's gym. So uh, their big staple is building a strong community of women with free childcare. So we had a kid, my wife's really passionate about working out. She Googles boot camps with free childcare. This is the first one that comes up. So she starts working out there loves the atmosphere. And then we started praying about, Hey, this is a franchise. Maybe we open one, you know, down the street, started going through the paperwork. We roped in another uh, close friend of ours 
And as we were doing that, the owners of this particular gym um, owned two back in North Carolina, which is where it's based out of. And they were traveling back and forth from Orange County to North Carolina. And they just were miserable. Like the gym was, uh, was in a decent spot as far as like community feel, but it was not a successful gym financially. And so they kind of approached us. They saw our paperwork come in through like headquarters and just asked us like, hey, we're actually looking to sell this. Would you guys be interested in buying it? So that was like an eight month ordeal. And we ended up taking over in about, I think it was March of 2018. Um, we took it over with 160 members. And before, um, you know, COVID hit, we had over 400 people in there. So the two and a half years to grow it by that much, it's been a, it's been a journey, but we've learned a lot. And um, we just feel like it's, it's been a, a blessing. When I think about, you know, Kelly worked in the corporate world um, before we had kids and even after we had kids for a little bit. And I think that if Burn didn't open up specifically for her, um, we probably would have considered moving back to the Midwest. Like I think her job is just isolating and um, she's working out of home, but to give her like a, a space like Burn where she's around other young moms and other women um, has, been, has been a lot of fun for her. So. So yeah, it's been good. I mean, we, uh, we were in negotiation, opened up a second location, but the, all that's been put on hold. But our desire is to have a few of them in the, in the Orange County area. So you're a little over two years in. Was there any point where mentally, emotionally, physically, it was like, this is too much? Well, I think, I, I think we go through that more often than not. I, I think in, any, in anything that you do that you work hard in, and you guys will probably experience this with your new endeavors, it's, there's going to be challenges. And that's, that's part of the beauty of it is like, you know, to get to the top, to get where you want to be. If you ask anybody that's, you know, if making a lot of money is the goal, if you have anybody about their journey, they would say the journey is the best part, even though there's some struggle in there. Uh, so I would say the first year was really hard. I mean, we're, we were getting ready to deliver our, our second child and we kind of took it over in a state of the financial piece that um, maybe we were a little bit naive when we first walked into it. So that I would think that would be the first piece of, of advice if you're going to purchase a, a new business or take over that you really have a good idea about what you're getting into. Um, but Jen, just uh, the amount of work it takes to build something great. You know, Kelly and I work alongside another husband and wife that are our best friends, all the same values. They have two kids as well. We attend the same church, but it is like a marriage, you know, I mean, you're constantly having to go back to the drawing board and, and deal with some of those personality differences and what role do you play? There's four of us. How are we going to divvy up the work? Who's going to do what? Um, but I can honestly say it two years in, it's been well worth the time, not just for the growth of it and just seeing that, wow, like we're able to grow something like we know what we're doing, but just from like the relational standpoint of getting to know a ton of people and making a, an impact and just how all this ties in. I know you guys, you know, being where you're at, Orange County, kind of, like you hear that word and it's, it's super dense out here. There's a ton of people, but it really does feel small. And I think like the FCA and the burn circle all coincide with each other. And I think we've just gotten to know a, a ton of people that have overlapped in both those areas. But I do think that, you know, businesses are our journey and you got to be willing to just stick with it and, and, and go through the fire a little bit. I love that. You say go through the fire. It's worth the struggle. The journey is the best part. All those little pieces of language that kind of just fall in there, but is something we believe as well. You say it's a marriage. John and I are kind of married now as a business partners. Oh. And we, we struggle with the same sort of conversations. Who's in what role? What are the challenges that we're facing? And uh, like speak to how both the community that you've built and the communication that goes out to that community and that comes back, like opening yourself up to community and 
and having that kind of risk, taking that risk to be out there. What level does that support create, you know, an encouragement to go forward? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have a plan and how you communicate. I think all of us are, um, we're closer than we've ever been just because of technology. And so I think you really got to have a presence in technology. And it's, and for like the gym industry, I think it's got to be clean. I think that the images you put up, you know, they've got to convey some sort of message that's not cheesy and it's got to have like a good flow. And so I think when we first took over, we ended up hiring somebody to, to kind of outsource our social media and put out our ads. And honestly, that was the best thing that we did. And then we do like a two week free trial. And so to see that they can spend two weeks with us, they're able to see the community, they're able to see owners that are on the ground. Like, I think that's what separates us a little bit from other style boot camps is the owners are, are not above everybody and just showing up once a week. I and mean, then my wife is there all the time and building into the community and doing social events outside of it. Um, so it's helped establish this really good friendships. And so from that, you know, then you have a, this, this whole thing with COVID come about. And, you know, I think, I think we pivoted really well during that time. You know, I think a lot of gyms suspended all their members and cause they didn't know what else to do. And so a lot of these other franchises are now closing because they're not able to pay their franchise fees and they're not making any money. We kind of, we kind of held the line and didn't make suspension an option. It's like, if you want to do that, then we'll, we'll, we'll do it. But we're going to, we're going to pivot, you know, we're going to make everything zoom. We're going to have live workouts. And so we were able to retain about 85% of our membership base. And so 85 memberships in you know, 12 weeks and not being able to see each other, that's pretty remarkable. And now we're set to open up next Monday. So we talk about intention all the time, you know, and what I hear is we, we, you got intentional about the way that you communicated on the forefront. And then you took some intentional process to create relationships that had benefit and challenge, you know, and, and I think anybody that's listening, it doesn't matter if you own a gym or if you own a business or if you're a part of a company that you're just working for creating intentional relationships creates tremendous benefit in the long term. And, you know, I, I think we just do a lot of things by default, <laughs> you know, we just kind of end up, Oh, this is what I need to do. And, um, we have, we'd have to default to suspending memberships. You guys are like, no, that's not an option. Let's get intentional about giving people an alternative. And it's obviously had uh, a tremendous benefit for you guys. I think that's you know good on you for that. How do you make it a welcoming space? How do you appeal to people coming in that might be at different places in their journey of fitness or life? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is on who you hire. You got to, you got to have the right, the right people. And when we walked into that situation, um, we just had to make some changes. And I think anytime there's a change in leadership, it's going to take a while for people to buy in. But once we established the team that we really felt confident about, you could just see the transformation, just in attitude. So when you come in, you know, you're seeing a front desk person, how they interact. I mean, I think that sets the, the tone and just the workout, you know, how, how is the, the, our trainer doing behind the mic? How are they, how are they coaching with so many different people in the gym? How are they meeting people where they're at? And I think what separates us is the, we've got these things called focus meetings. So somebody comes in for the first time, they do the two week trial. We meet with them either after their first class or somewhere in the week. And, um, you know, our trainers kind of meet them where they're at. You know, what are your goals? Why are you here? It's not all about losing weight. So we just kind of meet them where they're at. You know, we take, we do take their weight, their body fat. Um, and then we put out a whole diet plan for them. And so then they'll, after the two weeks if they're consistent with it, they should, should see some changes. And then they're just, they're sold out for what's happening. Not only are they getting a good product on the floor, they're also making a lifestyle change off the floor. 
And then also they're, they're making a ton of friends while they're in the gym. To me, my wife was talking about how gym is like, it's, it can be so many different things for so many different people. Mm-hmm. When it comes to coaching, you know, you said your trainers have to coach. Like, how do you coach the people on your team, you know, whether it be in FCA or the, to get the results that you want? What sort of things are you measuring? What sort of things are you looking for? Yeah. So how do we, how do we coach our, how do we coach our trainers? And then with FCA, like even with my staff. Yeah. I mean, I think with burn, we have, we, we have weekly meetings with all of our trainers, uh, which is great. It gives us a chance to, to be in a space where there can be some leadership development um, with the, which is the first half of the meeting. And the second half of the meeting is getting down in the nitty gritty. We've got a 35 point checklist that we occasionally do that's put out by burn just 35 things that you need to do as a qualified burn trainer, if that makes sense. Saying that we're not trying to make everybody necessarily coach the same. We want different personalities up in front of the mic, but there's got to be a protocol that they do. Like the warm up has to be a certain long, a certain amount of time. The cool down has to be a certain amount of time. Okay, we check those boxes. But then I think it's just spending time with people, you know, at these meetings. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And that's what I was, you know, I kind of spoke on a little bit earlier as just being owners. Like that was part of our, of our game plan is not to be above, but to be in the trenches, to, to lead from the front, not from the above and to serve and to do those things. And I think I've gotten that uh, just working in ministry for, for the last 12 years. Um, you know, I oversee five people and it's kind of the same motto. We've, we've got weekly and monthly staff meetings and, um, and I'm on the, I'm in the trenches with these guys speaking on their, their campuses and helping them raise money, helping them live out here, you know, an expensive place like Orange County, you know, getting them set, set up with, with different donors and supporters and, and just seeing, you know, how their gifts can be used to kind of further the kingdom. So to have both those things, it kind of fits in my wheelhouse. And the other husband, the other guy that I work with, his name's Robbie. For Robbie and I to partner together with FCA and Young Life and then take some of those traits over to Burn has, uh, has been really cool. For sure. I think this idea of alignment is a big deal, you know, kind of being in alignment in a bunch of different areas of your life that allows it to trickle out into other areas. Where do you see it beyond just Young Life, beyond just FCA, just beyond the gym? I think it's got to start at home, you know, not to be cliche, but raising two little girls now and, you know, being married to a business partner, like all that stuff has to start at the house. If, if the home life is not good and there's conflict with communication or how I uh, spend my time, if it's not spent well and there's some conflict, then that's going to trickle into the business. That's going to trickle into the ministry. So I think for me, it's, it's spending time with the Lord every morning. It's making sure that I get a workout in. <laughs> I'm, I'm a better husband and father if I'm doing that. And that I'm, that I'm doing what I preach. You know, I'm, I'm in front of a lot of people throughout the day. If I'm not doing what I preach, then I'm just, I'm just a hypocrite, you know? So I think it really needs to start inside the house. What other type of habits you mentioned, you know, spend some devotional time, some quiet time, getting a workout in. What other habits do you have that are intentionally built in to allow for, you know, your best self? Yeah, I think day to day, I'm up at an early hour. I'm trying to get at least a half hour by myself inside my office uh, I meet with uh, a mentor once a week that wears a, a bunch of different hats, but it's mainly a financial person that, that's really just helping me hone in on how to help grow, you know, our own finances and how to tithe well and, and then how to grow the business. Um, and then just using what we've learned at Burn, just nutrition wise. Like I think uh, the older I get, I'm just learning just the value of, of eating a little bit more clean and, and staying healthy and wanting to be as active as I am at the age of 50 for my kids. I feel like I owe that to my family. So those are some of the things I'm doing. You've worked with quarterbacks at a high level and you've worked with you know, people 
you know, throughout FCA that have really been aiming towards that elite level. What sort of things do you do to teach young people what it means to, to live in a similar way to what you're talking about right now, have an intention and purpose in your life, creating habits that are about setting up your family to be successful well down the road. It, it's kind of different maybe for, for different people that I interact with just based on, I mean, we all know this because time is valuable and you, you certainly want to don't want to disregard anybody. But I think with the, the quarterback piece, it's, it's a little bit more of like a mentorship of just, Hey, football is going to end at some point. Um, what, what's our plan afterwards? And so trying to put together like a game plan for them of what does it look like to, to be a, a good, a good son, a good brother um, as you get older, uh, a good, a good husband, um, a good single person. Um, I think a lot of those traits kind of fit in with the quarterback position about leadership. And so kind of developing a game plan for them in that sense. And then with everything else, I think with FCA is really just being present. Like we, we interact with a ton of students and coaches and I think it's very easy for people to, to preach a message or to, you know, put something on the, on the internet and then you never hear from them again. Um, I think what I've tried to do over the, the course of the last 12 years is, is really figure out how I can be present with the people I need to be present with and to build those relationships. Uh, to me, I just feel like anytime I read scripture, um, you know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to live in community and we're not supposed to do it isolated. And I think the phones a lot of times help us to be isolated because we're, we can just post something and get a bunch of likes. And, um, and I just think, man, suicide rates and different stuff is at an all time high because I think people are lonely and they need to be spending time with other people. And so fortunately I've been able to, to try to manage that pretty well. I know you talked earlier about your, uh, your grandpa being a legend high school football coach. And, you know, one of the things that I think we have talked about about him, you know, is kind of legacy. When you think about your legacy or what you'd want to leave kids with, what message, what advice? Um, yeah, I think all of us want to leave want to leave something behind, you know, I want to leave uh, an imprint in this world. I mean, we're only here for such a short amount of time. And I, you know, as you read the Bible too, it even speaks of life as a vapor. And uh, I've seen a lot of tragedy in my time with FCA, just with the students passing away at teenage years and older people passing away. And you certainly want to live until you're a hundred, but at the end of the day, it's, it's like life is a vapor, you know, it, it goes quick. And so I think when I think about legacy and making an impact, I, I want to be remembered as somebody that, that loved the Lord first and foremost, uh, that loved his family and that used his gifts to, to impact the community around him. I mean, if I could be remembered for those three things, that's, that's what I would be, want to be remembered for. I think in my younger years, it was to be a, you know, a big time quarterback coach recognizable uh, just because my grandfather and kind of following those footsteps. And I think as I've gotten older, that still, still might be the case, but if I can just have a direct impact on the people that I'm in, influencing every day, I think that impact will be lasting longer than just a football piece. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I think it's good for all of us to think about. You know, I can't speak for all the people you work with. I know, but I do know your heart and I know that you're going to give your gifts away. And sometimes we don't get to see the impact. Sometimes we do. And then when we do, it's great. Yeah. And I think just knowing that, you know, you, you, you're making choices to influence people in your life in the right way. And, and I think that's, uh, you kind of put yourself out there and that's, that's pretty awesome. So thanks man. Hey Jared, if any of our listeners are looking to learn more about what you have going on with FCA, with next level quarterback or with burn bootcamp, how do they get a hold of you? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, FCA-wise, yeah, the handle's at Orange County FCA. My personal page is uh, JWHall14. Those are probably the two things I post on the most. Um, you know, Burn Boot Camp Costa Mesa is the other handle for for uh, for the gym stuff. Um, but I have my other handle with Next Level on my personal page. Not to give out so much info, but you're able to find all that just to yeah, give it all. Give so. it all. <laughs> give it away, man. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it's it's good to be involved with uh, with a few different things, but it all kind of overlaps, which I love. And so I'm grateful for you guys, man. Two, two, two good buddies from, from school, man. Life goes quick. It's crazy. It's been so long, but I feel like even just seeing you guys just takes me back to a place of doing, uh, doing life together. So I'm grateful for you guys. Cool. Man. Yeah, man. I'm grateful that you were able to join us and share your story and, uh, able to give a good word to the people that we interact with and, uh, hopefully it can get to the people you interact with too. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. Love you guys, man. Thanks a lot. Love you too, brother. Love you too, brother. Thanks again to Jared Hall for joining us and having an awesome conversation about what he's doing currently in his life and how he's kind of accepting the challenge of stepping out of his comfort zone. John, what were some of your takeaways uh, from our conversation? I think the big takeaway for me was the part of the conversation about roles and embracing your role. He talks about being a backup. I was a backup in college, hadn't been one before and, and certainly learned a lot about myself through that process in terms of what is my response? He talked about you either quit, you, ch you change your attitude or you transfer. And I think that happens so often in life and our role doesn't necessarily have to dictate our ability to influence our situation or the people around us, but our behavior does dictate that influence. And what we talk about all the time is you get to choose, choose to influence through your behavior. Don't allow the role that you are given to hold you back, to hinder you, hinder you from making progress or living the life that you want to live. Absolutely. How about you? Absolutely. I love that. Um, I, I just kept hearing, you know, building, you know, he says building your community talks about how important it is to be on the floor in the business, how to, you know, that you're present with the people that you're engaging with and just how much relationship can support drive, encourage, challenge, you know, this thing is done with people, with others. When I say this thing, I mean life. Doesn't matter if it's business, doesn't matter if it's sports. We got to connect with people. And, you know, Jared and his wife and the other family they started this business with is like, they're trying to connect at a deep level. And that's had positive influence. And we can do the same when we connect beyond just the surface level stuff we have the capacity to get and give in a new way entirely so i think there are important challenges in both of those takeaways where in your life can you find people to build community and where can you find people that will support you that will challenge you that will encourage you to take risks and step out of your comfort zone and what role are you currently in and how are you behaving in that role? Your influence has nothing to do with title. It is a choice you choose. And as always, live eyes up. <laughs>